It's amazing to moderate this panel of distinguished speakers. There's nothing more topical, nothing more contemporary than talking about energy these days. No, 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 we will not be talking about Ukraine. We will not be talking about price rises. We'll focus today on more positive stuff and discuss about the new energy and utilities landscape in Greece. The key driver behind that is the energy transition. Before getting to our speakers, just a few words on the basics of this energy transition. What's that about? It involves a shift in the sources of energy to meet global demand. Why is this needed? Definitely to tackle climate change. Where is that predominantly affecting? Developing countries. Developing countries are affected not only by global warming disproportionately, but also by CO2 emissions. When do we have to tackle it? Ideally, yesterday. Experts say it takes decades for an efficient energy transition. Who has to be on the driver's seat? I guess everybody. But it definitely needs a multi-stakeholder approach, including a broad coalition of state and private sectors. But the most important thing of all is how we tackle it. The task to manage a successful energy transition is an enormously complex one because it must satisfy all three sides of the energy triangle, security and access, environmental sustainability, and of course, economic development growth. We are fortunate to have with us speakers representing all three sides of these energy triangles. We have Ioannis Karambelas, CEO of Admie, IPTOP, holding Pablo Escondrillas, Managing Director, uh, European Power and Utility City, Mr. Harry Sahinis, CEO of AVAP, the Athens Water Supply and Switch Company, Mr. Vasilis Tsaitas, CFO, Hellenic Petroleum, and last but not least, Mr. Vlasis Souflis, Director of International Business Development, Light Source BP. The floor is yours, guys. Yanis, please start. Good morning to, good afternoon to everyone. I would like uh, first to congratulate the organizers for this exceptional event and to thank them for the invitation. Over the last two years, our planet has been experiencing the dramatic consequence of an extraordinary climate crisis, whereas in Greece we have been a witness of extreme heat and extreme weather conditions. At the same time, in recent months, we have all been called upon, on the one side, the representatives of our country's energy sector, and the other side, the businesses and households, to face a shocking crisis in energy prices that began with the gas market but has spilled over to all sectors of the economy. The answer to both of these crises is a common one. It is the change of the energy mix and the transition to the green energy. In December of uh, 2019, the Greek government ratified 
the first edition of National Energy and Climate Plan, setting the regulatory framework to the green transition and uh, lignite constraint policies of our energy infrastructure. Take into account the latest development in geopolitical and energy landscape. Is it prudent to reconsider our goals? Definitely not. Quite the opposite. I would argue to accelerate the implementation of our government's plans and at the same time avoid to see like, uh, lignite as the demon of the case. According, according to experts, Greece has a hidden energy treasure. The geomorphology of the country and its potential in renewable sources make it ideal for the development of offshore wind farms plants as well as pumped storage power generation systems. A model that can turn the country into a battery of Europe with all the subsequent economic benefits and provide the, an, econo uh, an economical solution for electricity in the Greek islands. In addition to that, in a more ambitious shift in our conventional way of thinking, and maybe consider it as a food of thought for another panel back in Greece, it can be the best time to set in use our latest scientific accomplishment regarding the nuclear energy. France, at the moment, faces the least of this problem, as most of its electricity need, needs are uh, converted by nuclear power plants. On the other hand, there is a significant threat for Germany because a potential block of Russian natural gas supply would hurt over one-fourth of its total industrial activity. We understand that there are concerns when it comes to the construction of a nuclear power plants, especially in areas, in areas of significant earthquake zones. However, reality shows that places like California in the U.S., for example, or recent regions of Japan, state had no hesitation to engage in nuclear energy because the power plants are designed with uh, uh, are designed to withstand seismic activity under the most stressed scenarios. As for the electricity consumption in households after the, shock, uh, after the shocking high bills of the last quarter, it is urgent for the state to reconsider its policy on the house panels installation in an effort to seek alternative solutions for cost saving. IPTOSA, the Greek transmission system operator, has a certain role to play in this complex and difficult objective with a strong commitment for the transition to an energy mix by lead, clear, and uh, renewable forms of energy. This commitment is highlighted in the group's strategic plan which aims to invest and execute over the next 10 years a program of 5 billion euros in order to interconnect almost all the Aegean islands with a high voltage system of grief mainland. Cyclades, Sporades and Totecanese 
Κυκλάδες Ποράδες και Δωδεκάνης Αγιώσους for the Greeks, will abolish the costly energy incentive but mainly environmentally polluting local production units of oil generators. We have already accelerated the construction works in the area with the completion of the interconnection of the northern cyclades in 2020. The tender proceed to Santorini took place in 2021, making the start of the construction of the project, while in the very next period, the tender for the interconnection of Folegandros, Milos and Serifos will come out for the next phase. All these projects have a total budget of 400 million euros and are expected to be completed in 2024 with the co-financing from the recovery and realist Finance, uh, faculty fund. In July, IPTO interconnected Crete with the mainland through the Peloponnese and then follows, as many of you already know, the large interconnection of Crete with Attica, a project that's worth over 1 billion euros and is expected to be completed in 2024, a year that Crete will be fully interconnected with the mainland system. At the same time, from 2026 onwards, the same will apply to the islands of the North Aegean from Hios to Lesbos and Limnos islands that will be connected to Nea Sanda on the mainland, areas that will also be part of the strategic hub of southeastern Europe of Alexandropolis. Apart from the obvious benefit for the environment, However, the interconnection with the island region will bring other important advantages. We would free up a new electricity installation space of up to 17 gigawatt for RAS integration. We would reduce the cost of public service obligation for consumers. Only from the project of Crete Peloponnese that was completed, consumers save 1 million euros per day. We enhanced to safeguard the security of uninterrupted power supply to Greek islands in order to respond to the continuous increase in demand that we observe year after year, especially during the summer months. Furthermore on this, IPTOSA focuses on the development of the international interconnection of our country with Italy, Bulgaria, and Turkey, and soon with Albania and North Macedonia, while in an even more ambitious initiative by the Greek government, we have a priority to create strong energy routes between Europe and Egypt, but also between Europe and Israel through Greece and Cyprus. I'm sorry. Within the Yanis, my sincere apologies, but the clock is ticking. I mean, if you, you. can help us with the moderation, that would be greatly appreciated. So, within this context, we have recently inaugurated the operation of the Regional Energy Control Center of Southeastern Europe, known as Selene, which is an, an uh, which is an entity of energy convergence that will support both at the technical 
and regulatory level, all neighboring countries with a common goal, the security and durability of the electric transmission system of the northern European area. Ladies and gentlemen, the energy transmission to a green economy requires, apart from the necessary policy reforms, significant investment over the time. IPTO Holding, the owner of the 51% of IPTO Group, consistently support the activities to the independent electricity transmission operator, and quite practically, the government's policy for a rapid transition to an ecological green development model. With a market, with a market cap of 600 million euros, the share of Admir Holding is trading in the large cap index of the Athens Stock Exchange, while since its listing in 2017, it has distributed to its shareholder dividends that exceed the 79 million euros. It is a company with a central orientation and a particular sensitivity to the environment, to society, and of course to transparency with the best corporate governance practices. Moreover, its advantages are clear as it is the ideal vehicle for the participation of the country's largest investment plan of, of over 5 billion euros in electricity transmission infrastructure by 2030. The international dimension of its, the international dimension of this program will provide access to the wider geographical area of the Eastern Mediterranean and lead with the more certainty to the achievement of our institutional objective for the timely and smooth transition to an economy that is more environmentally friendly and at the same time more efficiently. Thank you for your attention. Thank you very much, Yanis. Uh, Pablo Escondrias, the floor is yours, sir. I think maybe I can, uh, I, I'll, I'll do this from, from here. And I'll, I wanted to make a few brief, uh, brief comments. Uh, first of all, thank you very much for the invitation to, to the panel once more. I, I have been, uh, I'm not Greek, but I have been very lucky to, to work around Greece for, for many years. And as an investment banker, I was involved in the, in the spin-off of Atmie a few years ago. And uh, for example, more recently also in the, in the capital increase of uh, PPC that happened at the end of last year. So I wanted to make a, a few short observations on three fronts. First, uh, maybe the, the, the implications of the current Russian situation, uh, Greece as, a, as an energy hub, and third, the, the role of capital markets for the, um, for the development of things. First of all, on Russia, no, clearly it's, a, it's, a, it's a, the, the ambassador said many appropriate things, but it's clearly been a, a change in tack for, for Europe in terms of energy policy. For a long time, we had been focused on uh, on a green energy policy as the main priority. And now the focus is, is more on, on energy security, no reliance on Russian gas and how to get away from, from all of that. What I, what I wanted to say is that even, even though all of that is being true, but at the same time, the, 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 there isn't really a, a conflict between a, an energy policy that is focused on green and energy policy that relies on security of independence, because actually wind and solar they're all, uh, they're, all, uh, they're, they're all resources that the country has and can make use of them. So, so I think, yes, there will be a, lot of, a few things to, to adjust the, the energy policy in Greece and across Europe. But the most important thing that Europe can do is to actually accelerate development of, uh, of renewables to make ourselves 
have cheaper energy because renewables is the cheapest source of, of, energy, of electricity, but also more green and more uh, and have give ourselves more uh, more energy independence. No? So that's uh, that's important. Secondly, the role of Greece. No? Greece has ample solar, ample wind, which is uh, which uh, which are critical. But also they have this special situation in uh, in Europe. No. And the interesting interconnections to, to the rest of the European Union, where, it, where collaboration will be critical, but more importantly, a critical path for, uh, for power connections to, uh, to Cyprus, to, uh, to, to North Africa, to, to Israel, and to, uh, and, to, and to gas sources in uh, Azerbaijan and beyond. No? So that important in, uh, role of Greece is, uh, is, also, is also critical. No? And finally, on capital markets, no? we've, seen, uh, we've seen Greek companies show a lot of resiliency over the, uh, over the crisis. And, and the market has been always there to, uh, and increasingly in the last few years, no? uh, institutions like the EIB, but also, but also banks, not just Greek, but also international. And, uh, but, uh, but more importantly, I think Greek, uh, Greece, Greek companies have seen that, uh, that uh, companies, even without investment-grade rating, no? and hopefully Greece will eventually attain an investment-grade rating on its own, companies have been able to, uh, to, to access the bond market at very attractive terms. And, and also the capital markets have been, uh, have been open. No? The, the, the story of PPC last year was a good story of how the, the markets can see the, the positive angles around a, a renewables growth story, and also other listed companies like, uh, like Terna Energy, who also have been doing very well and who will continue to have access. No? So the equity capital markets are always more volatile, and certainly the, the COVID and the wars, etc., the last few years have made things even more volatile. But I think uh, capital markets are both bond and equity are fully open for, for Greek, uh, Greek stories, both around the EU Green Deal and, and beyond. Okay, so maybe I'll leave it that for that, so to make sure we all have that. Thank you very much, Pablo. Uh, Harry Sahini, CEO, Athens, Sewage and Water Company. Floor is yours, sir. Okay. Uh, thank, thank you, Yanni, and uh, thank you, Pablo, for uh, the short and uh, very insightful comments. Um, and Yanni Kurniotti, uh, I, I noted the three words, keywords that you mentioned, which were uh, security, sustainability, and growth, security of supply. Uh, first of all, as a water company, we have our own issues with security of supply. Actually, not issues, we have the solutions because we ensure security of supply for water to all of the Athens area, an area of about 5 million people. Uh, but we have to do that in a sustainable way. And I think uh, deep in our souls as a company and uh, as all uh, the people who work for ADAP, uh, we all believe in sustainability. Uh, actually, I believe we're getting to become the leading company in ESG in all of Southeastern Europe. That is our goal. Um, and uh, you would ask, why am I here uh, to talk in an energy panel about green transition? And the reason for that is uh, because uh, water and energy are intertwined, uh, because you need energy to take the water to the final user. Uh, and then if you don't lose any water on the way uh, of delivering it, you use less energy. So let me talk a little bit about the kinds of things that we're doing, because we, we have about one and a half billion euros of projects that we're planning for the next 10 years uh, in that direction. So in terms of energy, uh, we are trying to increase the amount of energy that we're producing. 
We are now uh, consuming about 200,000 megawatt hours every year, and we're producing ourselves about 50,000 mega megawatt hours of um, uh, energy. Uh, we're doing that with uh, hydroelectric plants uh, because the water that comes from its sources uh, comes with gravity, so we use that gravity to produce uh, uh, energy. Uh, we, are already, we have built already some photovoltaic plants, and we have quite a lot of land, and we plan to build more photovoltaic plants, and also uh, develop some pump storage along the, the way of the canals that bring the water to Athens. So we want to produce more energy. At the same time, we want to consume less energy. Um, so most of the energy that we consume is in our pumping stations. So we're trying to optimize the performance of the pumping stations. Uh, even in our buildings, uh, we're going to concentrate our buildings and build a new bioclimatic building with zero energy consumption. Uh, we are moving our car fleet to an electric fleet, uh, but we're not um, uh, stay just uh, on, on those actions. We produce uh, quite a lot of uh, biogas, the equivalent of about 25,000 megawatt hours in uh, biogas. We use the sludge uh, from uh, the wastewater treatment facilities uh, after we dry it to power um, cement plants. And uh, we are starting to work on a very interesting project on pumping the water from our major, it's the number two um, uh, wastewater treatment plant in all of Europe. Uh, we're pumping it up on some barren mountains near Athens. So that, that, that's what we're studying right now, to green them. The result of that, because you would say to pump that water would cost you energy, but the result of that is if you green those mountains, the temperature in Athens is going to lower, and then overall you're going to have uh, a net savings in energy um, in, in the whole system. So that's something that we're looking into, and that would be a great project, I think, because it would help uh, with the climate in Athens and with uh, energy consumption. Uh, but to reduce energy consumption even more. We're working on, this, on the smart grid on the water side. We're working on, supply, on um, uh, replacing the old water supply systems that we have. Uh, and uh, we're also recycling. We're building five new uh, wastewater treatment plants. Uh, and the water from all of those is going to be recycled and used for um, uh, irrigation and agriculture in the nearby areas. And I mentioned to you some new things that we're doing, but we're also using some old infrastructure. There is a 2,000-year-old aqueduct uh, that we're going to start using the water from that to actually irrigate parks in its vicinity. It runs across Athens all the way to the center of Athens. It hasn't been used for many, many years, but we're going to start using it pretty much zero cost, um, uh, some funding from the European Union, and uh, that is also going to help with uh, the climate. Um, so we look forward to all these things that uh, we are doing because we have in front of us 20 years of an exclusive agreement that we recently signed with uh, the Greek government. And uh, the other good thing that um, uh, helps us is that uh, as of the end of this year, there's going to be uh, a, a new regulatory regime and independent regulator. Uh, and uh, actually, the this new regulatory regime is going to be very similar to the energy regulatory regime, uh, and uh, the regulator will probably be merged with the energy regulator. So we think that that's going to be very helpful in 
helping us with all the things that we want to do and all the investments that we plan. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Harry, for sharing all these news from AIDAP. Vasilis Tsaitas, I guess there's plenty to discuss about Hellenic Petroleum in that. Thank you, Yanni, and many thanks to Capital Link for having us uh, for another year. Uh, good morning, good afternoon to all of you attending this conference. Over the past few years, we witnessed how energy transition has been increasing the push and the pressure to all fronts for change in decarbonization. Uh, starting with society, the mandate is very clear towards policymakers to go ahead with the required changes and uh, disengage from older, form of, older forms of energy towards new. Uh, governments have been responding to that. They're taking the right steps towards uh, reducing dependency and, uh, and moving ahead with, uh, with what we would call the new energy, setting net, net zero uh, for 2050 as the main uh, ambition. Business models are also being affected. We expect uh, the energy mix to change significantly over the coming uh, decades. The pace of uh, energy demand growth will subside uh, materially. It will turn negative even uh, after uh, maybe 10 or 15 years, if, if not earlier than that. Electricity generation is expected to double uh, over the next three decades, and uh, more than double actually, and the renewables will, uh, will, be, the, the, will be the dominant uh, feature of this, uh, of this increase. So the push is also affecting capital allocation. Uh, Pablo discussed before about capital markets. Things like ESG, which uh, are factors that were not part of the of the investment criteria for the investment funds a few years ago now are becoming important. Uh, and uh, over the, uh, by 2025 uh, or so, we expect uh, ESG funds to represent a third of total assets uh, under management um, uh, globally. Technology uh, will also play a key role uh, in the transition. We need technology, we need the solutions that will help us get to the path uh, for net zero. So frontier technologies uh, need to become mainstream. Uh, things like um, uh, energy storage, hydrogen, recycling of materials that can be used in the production of uh, low carbon intensity energy uh, are the kind of solutions that we need um, to develop. Now, we briefly touched upon the energy crisis uh, that has been uh, affecting uh, the economy in, uh, globally over the, last, over the last nine months. This is further exacerbated by the recent geopolitical developments in Eastern Europe, and it's having an impact on the economy. It is also a proof that energy transition won't be as smooth and easy. There will be back and forth, there will be volatility, and there will be a cost uh, that has to be paid by consumers, by industry, by investors, by governments, and I think that has to be well understood and elaborated. On the other side, we also need to make efforts to moderate this cost uh, in order to keep the support for the energy transition uh, and need to find a way to balance between the old and the new. So while we've, we have to find ways to disengage from the old energy or the old economy in general, we need to avoid the kind of supply crunches, just as we've experienced a few months ago, that will lead to future energy and economic uh, crisis. Now, at Hellenic Petroleum, we choose to embrace energy transition. We believe that uh, change uh, is, uh, is a necessity, but also a choice. And uh, our vision 
is, uh, is to, be, to, to be among the pioneers of, the, of this process in uh, the markets that we operate and the wider East Med uh, region. So we have set uh, a target of uh, improving our carbon footprint by 50% uh, uh, by 2030 and obviously getting to net zero by, by 2050. ESG has always been an important part of our strategy not because we are smarter than others, but because of the sector we operate. So things like health, safety, and the environment, uh, uh, we're being monitoring our emissions. We had a very good track record already from the previous decade. What we're doing now is making ESG the centerpiece of our strategy, the main driver. And you know, we discussed the, the, uh, the targets of 50% and net zero. Uh, in order to do that, it will require a significant reallocation of capital from our traditional business uh, to new business. We plan to spend around 3 billion of capex uh, by 2030 in order to, first of all, decarbonize our core business because we're still going to be active in that. But the majority will go towards establishing a material footprint in, in renewables. We want to have 2 gigawatt of operating capacity by, by 2030 that will help us offset our, um, our uh, uh, emissions and achieve our 50% uh, improvement uh, target uh, in terms of uh, carbon uh, footprint. We, uh, over the last year or so, uh, we, we, we managed to get from 26 megawatt operating capacity to almost 300. We are among the fastest growing uh, energy players in the renewable space in terms of, uh, uh, in terms of um, uh, operating capacity addition. Um, uh, we recently inaugurated uh, the 204 megawatt uh, PV plant in Kozani, uh, northern Greece. This is the largest renewable project in, uh, in Greece and uh, the largest bifacial PV plant in Europe. We believe that these, the, 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 projects, the project of Kozan is the kind of projects that will help the step changes that we need to, uh, to achieve our, uh, the, the targets that we have set as a company, as a community in general. And we believe that it's also important for all stakeholders, including policymakers and the local communities, to support and facilitate these kind of projects. Uh, I'll close here, Yanni, and uh, hand it over to you. Many thanks. Thank you very much, Vasilis. Thank you for sharing all this news about Hellenic Petroleum. Vlasis Souflis, Director of International Business Engagement, Light Source BP, he will tell us more than a few things about solar and further afield. Vlasis, the floor is yours. Thank you very much for the uh, organization for having us here, and thank you very much again for the, for the intro. Um, just a few words about Light Source BP. Light Source BP is a, a joint venture 50 50 between uh, BP and, and Light Source. Essentially, Lightsource BP is the global solar arm of, of BP in the world. At the moment, we operate in 17 countries. We open almost two to three markets every year, and we predominantly focus on solar and, and storage. What we do is invest, develop our own, or partner up, um, manage, and own, operate those assets. So at, at some countries, we keep them. Uh, at some other countries, depending on the conditions, we sell some of that portfolio. Um, uh, in general, at the moment, uh, we're building around 1.8 gigawatts of solar, so that's around 800 megawatts of that is actually in this country, and the rest is uh, spread out between Europe and Australia. Um, and the targets in general, uh, which are matching essentially uh, being part of, a, of an oil super major, um, is, is around 25 gigawatts by 2025. 
In order to achieve that, we need to be building around four to five gigawatts of solar every year, which we are on track of that because our current pipeline is around 28 gigawatts um, among the 17 countries that I mentioned outside of the new ones that will go in. Now, in terms of Greece in particular, uh, our journey started back in 2018. Um, at the time, because of the current, the then current macroeconomic environment, but also the fact that we had to uh, enter into a number of other markets that were uh, much more sizable than, than the country of Greece, um, uh, we decided not to move on. And, and we started then again back in 2018 to look at it, a little bit of a personal element as well there, uh, being Greek myself. Um, uh, but what we've seen was a massive, massive change on the prospects of the country, so kudos to the government on that. Uh, the microeconomics change, the financing, uh, because almost all of solar is done based on project finance, um, uh, allowed us to basically um, come back and look at it. Um, what we've done to date is um, almost half a gigawatt of a pipeline, secured of projects. We have participated in the first um, energy auction back in May 21. And I think that's very interesting uh, to base a little bit on your intro as well, Yanni, um, that uh, the pricing at that auction that we won around 140 megawatts on was 38.5 euros a megawatt hour. Now that, at the time, when you compare it with the wholesale energy market price, was 20% lower. If you look at the average wholesale uh, electricity price in December 21, that's 300 euros and upwards of, of uh, per megawatt hour. So you can see the difference and what everybody has been calling about affordable, essentially, energy and renewables. So back on the trifecta uh, of, of issues. So the first one is obviously um, climate change. Um, the most recent uh, report comes from the intergovernmental panel um, of climate change from the United Nations. We're on a path to a 3.2 degrees Celsius. That's way off whatever else uh, uh, that panel has suggested that has to happen in the world. So no matter what the short-term situation is that we have to solve, and obviously there are serious issues that have to be solved, we cannot forget the long-term plan. And if COVID taught us something, is that there are a number of things that actually affect us all. It doesn't matter where we sit, who we are, and so on. So um, renewables can solve that element. The second element that you mentioned, Yanni, is pricing. So obviously, um, as I mentioned before on pricing, that's uh, pretty clear that, especially for, for Greece being so uh, lucky, essentially, to have an abundance of solar and wind resource, um, it, it only makes sense to basically accelerate uh, whatever plans um, uh, the, uh, the country has. And if something, again, has shown us with, with the security question is that all the other European countries are actually accelerating those plans. Um, I, have to, uh, I have to say that our first project is 225 megawatts. <laughs> so maybe we'll have the biggest project soon. So we're starting construction back in May, and it's also in the, in the region of Kozani. Um, and it's the first one of the series. Uh, the target is around a gigawatt by the end of 25, uh, allowing of conditions. Going back to the security question, um, uh, the average, again, wholesale price of, of Greece is lower, is actually much higher than the EU27 average. The main reason is that the mix of renewables is not there yet, so you have around 40 to 50 percent in other markets and around 20 at the moment for Greece. Um, the idea is, of course, to, to bring that as much as we can uh, to a higher level because at the same time it's Greek made, right? So it's electricity made in Greece and you don't have to uh, basically uh, subsidize wars and all the rest of the things that are happening at the moment. Um, so renewables cover basically clean, affordable electricity, industry competitiveness, and the speed that is required considering what's happening in the world. 
Um, just one point. Germany, um, in the last two, three days, has announced that um, they will be accelerating the renewables. They're going to go 100 percent by 2035. Now, if Germany, and sorry for the German colleagues in the room, the, the, the sunshine there is not as good as, as Greece. So there, there, we have the resources to do that. Um, and the question is only, you know, how, how everybody is um, basically devoted to, uh, to actually achieving that. So I'll close that. Thank you very much, Vlasi, for all this interesting uh, stuff. Uh, I'm afraid that we have uh, consumed all the time, you know, available for this panel. So unless there is a pressing, you know, need for a question, I will proceed to a very short recap. Anyone who wants to raise a question? There is a hand back there. So you did reference the uh, solar farm in Guzani that was launched, I think it's 200 megawatts nameplate uh, capacity. What is the state of development of distributed energy in Greece, the solar panels that are built near the uh, demand centers, so either commercial, industrial, and then finally uh, solar rooftop? Is there, is there any nascent market for those? Thank you. May I take well, the, the, I can try and then Vlasi yeah, can, yeah. can supplement. Sure. Uh, Greece started from the distributed market, started from very small sizes, you know, the kind of rooftops, the kind of, um, of uh, small plots of land uh, that, um, that uh, individual um, investors were able uh, to, to do, you know, the kind of uh, hundreds or even a half a megawatt of capacity. Now the project in Kozani, which is 204 megawatt and others under construction in the area uh, are the kind of large projects that we need in order to make the step changes uh, required. Uh, so there is an, an active market, so I completely agree with, uh, with Vasilis. Um, uh, there is a very active energy community, um, um, uh, basically uh, legislation. There is a number of incentives for individuals who can basically invest up to two 500 kilowatt plants, so a total of a megawatt as well. Um, so there is a number of incentives that allow basically distributed generation. So um, the last thing is in November um, uh, 2021, uh, there was also legislation around allowing the corporate PPA market. So essentially a generator like me can sell directly to a corporate. And I think that will accelerate as well as we've seen in a number of other markets, um, uh, solar deployment. Thank you both. Anybody else wishing to raise a question? I, I, I see nobody, so it's about time to recap. Just, you know, two lines. As with COVID-19 response, a successful energy transition requires broad support from society, which begins with a basic understanding of what energy transition actually is. Once understood, it becomes clear that energy transition is not about changing your petrol car with an electric vehicle. A broad coalition of state and private actors is needed to address the problem by developing a mix of solutions that are technically, economically, politically, and socially viable. Thank you very much, and, and great thanks to our speakers, and I hope to see you all again next year. Have a great day.